Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Monday, the 12th of December. First up, Elon Musk brutally booed as Dave Chappelle defends him and the media goes insane. It's been an Elonorific weekend, including uh, Elon showing up at the Dave Chappelle show in San Francisco, and it didn't quite go as planned. Uh, what's interesting, I think, is the way that the media is reporting it. Now, Elon Musk showed up at the Dave Chappelle show in the heart of San Francisco, where he was met by a non a non-insignificant amount of booze. Uh, you could definitely hear the booze. I don't think Elon's used to that ever. Um, many of them probably laid off Twitter employees. Dave Chappelle, Chappelle did what he could to defend him. Um, but what I, what I found ex extremely interesting is the way the media has reported it. We have like zero articles on Twitter, former Twitter staff infringing on our First Amendment rights and putting their hand on the scale of the election. But we have 800,000 articles about Elon Musk getting booed. That shows you their journalistic integrity for you. That shows you exactly who these losers are. Now, Elon, now again, funny, if you try to find mainstream media covering any of the Twitter files, we have now five releases at this point, um, where, uh, including today, uh, where internal Twitter staff is caught red handed uh, banning the sitting president with even, and even admitting that he had not broken any rules, also having a sitting president. Uh, or having a Twitter staff perjure themselves, all revealed in the uh, the Twitter files. I think we're going to talk about that today too, because there's a lot of big important nuggets in there. But I think it's interesting that there's hundreds of articles from mainstream media about a nothing burger. Tech billionaire Elon Musk was met with a mixture of boos and cheers from an audience at Dave Chappelle Comedy Show. The comedian brought the Tesla CEO on stage to a special punchline comedy club event at the Chase Center in San Francisco. In the video shared on Twitter, the crowd can be heard jeering Musk, who recently purchased a social media platform, has attracted criticism due to concerns about mass layoffs and looser content moderation. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make some noise for the richest man in the world. Chappelle tells the audience a number of audience members cheered, though there was a loud chorus of boos as well. You weren't expecting this, were you? Musk tells Chappelle following the boos. Chappelle responds, it sounds like some of those people you fired are in the audience. I mean, for the most part, Chappelle defended him the whole time telling the chat the crowd to shut up and stop booing and stuff like that later in the video Chappelle says all those people that are booing i'm just pointing out the obvious they have terrible seats in the stadium i mean <laughs> way in the back uh the owner of the video that was posted to twitter appears to have had their account suspended or had it taken down with a message reading the tweet from the account no longer exists Twitter, which laid out several communication staffers in its move to cut roughly half of its workforce, was not immediately available for comment. The Twitter user, James Yu, who said he was at the Chappelle show, tweeted a good 80% of the stadium booze. It wasn't. Um, 18,000 people. Dave gave him so many chances to speak, but he just put his hands in his pocket. Well, I actually feel bad for him. I'm by no means an Elon fanboy, more of a centrist. I wanted to shake him and say, for the love of God, man, say something and pretend it's a tweet. Must responded to the booing in a tweet on Monday, writing, quote, technically it was 90% cheers, 10% boos, except during the quiet periods, but still that's a lot of boos, which for me is a first in real life, frequent on Twitter. It's almost as if I've offended San Francisco's unhinged leftists, but nah. Some of the conservative-leaning tycoons tweets have angered Democrats, LGBTQ activists, and more. 
Um, you know, I think, again, Elon gets viciously booed at stadium crowd, Dave Chappelle show. You shut the F up, Dave Chappelle said, as the crowd booed the billionaire. I'm afraid to play the video because it seems like it's getting it's getting flagged. But you could see some of the, uh, you know, some of the interesting thing. Cheers and boos, I see Elon. Uh, Chappelle said, hey, Dave, must respond prompting yet another wave of boos. Sounds like some people you fired are in the audience, Chappelle joked. All these people who are booing, I'm just pointing out the obvious. You have terrible seats, Chappelle said, apparently trying to save Musk's dignity by calling the people who booing poor. Phones weren't allowed inside the stadium. Well, that's probably why the video was taken down for the show, but at least one person snuck theirs in and captured the bizarre exchange. Chappelle tried to salvage the encounter according to a second video posted on Twitter, joking that the whole business model is F Earth, I'm leaving anyway. What kind of pee they got up there? I that that's what I'll be doing, Chappelle said in another video. After Chappelle jokes about uh, cl adult clubs in space, the crowd seemed to be properly won over and Musk started to speak again. Thanks for having me up on stage, Musk said awkwardly to more booze. The first comedy club on Mars, Chappelle said, and Mu as Musk stood awkwardly just saying, yeah. As the laughs for Chappelle jokes would get drowned out by booze anytime Musk tried to talk, the comedian said that people that would boo all they want because Musk had given him a jetpack last Christmas. Every single time Musk began to speak, the crowd started booing again, much to the frustration of Musk. Dave, what should I say, Musk said, clearly desperate and getting embarrassed at the roaring booing. Don't say nothing. It'll spoil the moment, Chappelle said. Do you hear that sound, Elon? That's a sound of pending civil unrest. I can't wait to see the... What story you decimate next, MFR? You shut the F up. The mood in the stadium definitely changed when Chappelle started to get hostile in defense of Musk. I wish everyone in this auditorium peace and joy of, of feeling free, Chappelle said, clearly exhausted that bringing Musk on stage had been such a failure and your pursuit of happiness, amen. At that point, Chappelle clearly decided to throw in the towel, thanking the crowd and saying goodnight. But a third video shows Chris Rock joining the stage with a few other people. One of the men on stage asked Chappelle to shout the catchphrase from his 2000 sketch, I'm Rich B, into the mic. The man dutifully complies, then says, wait, wait, while handling the, handing the microphone, clearly wanting him to say the same thing Musk does. In the most awkward tone you could imagine, the crowd again erupts into booze, only drawn up by someone in the stadium sound department honking a horn of some sort. It's difficult to tell from the video precisely what percentage of the crowd was booing. Uh, well, it wasn't 80%, but, you know, it's it's e it's easy, obviously easy to play armchair quarterback afterwards, but at least say something like "thanks, now pay me eight dollars" and mic drop would have gotten a laugh. He did mumble something about it being a simulation, but it felt totally off vibe for the crowd. Yeah, I mean, look, I can't imagine why people would think that Elon Musk would be liked in San Francisco. I think if Elon had gone on stage in Austin or if really anywhere else. It would have been fine. Um, he did respond to it and say, technically, it was 90% cheers and 10% booze, except for during the quiet periods. But still, that's a lot of booze, which for me is the first time. Uh, you know, sure. You know, all this is going to do, by the way, all it's going to do, by the way, is make him come harder at a lot of these leftists. That's that's the... So, I said this in an earlier video. Like or on an earlier tweet, all this does is galvanize Elon. It's like when people get in, like when you're dogpiling on somebody and you're, and they're getting like, um, angry about it. 
they're only going to double down. People don't just say, oh, that's okay, you're right, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's just going to double down. I mean, it's Elon Musk. I would fully expect even more. Like, I I would not have been shocked if the very first thing Elon did today when he walked back into Twitter was to unban Alex. Like, I know they had the Twitter files to kind of cover this. And I also think, let me say for a moment, you know, shout out to everybody on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram or wherever platform Rumble that you're on who are covering this, covering Twitter files, because it's extremely important. I think the information we found out today should and will lead to lawsuits. Um, it's embarrassing that the mainstream media wrote so many articles about this about this stupid incident in San Francisco. Chappelle should have, or Musk should have known better. I mean, it's San Francisco. I mean, even if it is a Chappelle show, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot. I mean, just think about it. You know, there's probably there are probably hundreds of Twitter employees at that ex Twitter employees at that at that show. I mean, just to put it in perspective, or or you know, their friends or their family. I mean. There was, there were probably a thousand people out of the eighteen thousand that knew or were indirectly related to someone who got fired by Elon Musk. And then obviously you have, you know, the natural uh, politics of San Francisco on top of all of that. So you know, I think all this is going to do is going to galvanize him. And and what an embarrassing day for mainstream media. Hundreds of articles about this and nothing about how Twitter interfered allegedly in the uh, previous presidential election. Something that. They, they supposedly care about, but I guess only when Republicans win. And next up, Elon Musk drops the big one. Proof Twitter employees lied to Congress and banned Trump without cause. If you were around earlier today, we did live stream the release of Twitter Files 5. But I also think that there's two to three very, very, very important takeaways from them that I wanted to highlight, including what I think gives us finally an opportunity to where some lawsuits might actually happen. And uh, by the way, I'm working hard to pass Timmy Pool today. If if you haven't yet, please click that red subscribe button down below. I'm so close. I can taste it. And uh, it would be a, a good Christmas present. Now, the latest in Barry Weiss, the thread was 46 pieces of flair long. But overall, the most important thing things came in like three different pieces. And in the first section of this uh, data dump from Barry Weiss, we saw her building the case essentially, right? Building the case that multiple internal employees at Twitter uh, were on record saying that they did not think that Donald Trump had violated any kind of rules. You see, it starts out by saying, showing that on the day that Trump was suspended, he had two tweets, the 75,000, sorry, million great American patriots one, and then I won't be at the inauguration. For years, of course, we know that Twitter had this policy in place where if you were a world leader, you weren't getting banned from their platform. It's even if you said something heinous, I'm not saying what Trump said is heinous. I'm just saying that was uh, the rule up until that moment. Then after that day, they decided they would recreate new rules to target specifically Donald Trump. And this is where I'm saying tortious interference. You're talking about, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I feel like there's a couple of avenues here where both Vijaya Gotti 
and Yul Roth acted as judge, jury, and executioner and went above and beyond the policies of Twitter to ban them. Also, the question is, you know, Section 230, does it protect this type of stuff? I don't think so. So you see even employees from China saying, because maybe I'm from China, I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. You have people, Chinese immigrants, telling Twitter that they're being too censorious. But there were only a few people. But over and over again, you read these tweets and they're like saying, there's nothing violative in there. We don't we don't have any, you know, early afternoon, the Washington Post published an open letter from 300 whiners at Twitter. Twitter staff uh, internally keeps begging. Again, though, I do not see, I see so-and-so has pinged us to ask about if there's an incitement from this Donald J. Trump tweet. I don't see that. I, you know, what PC could do to bring, trying to incite fear about. I think we're having a hard time saying this. So like, Internally, you had hundreds of Twitter employees sitting there all day every time Trump tweeted and then begging them to ban him. That's essentially what was happening inside of Twitter for who knows how long, right? And the actual policy team resisted for what it seems like as long as they could. Again, don't see incitement, don't see it, don't see it. Here, I also am not seeing any clear or coded incitement in the Donald J. Trump tweet. Um, Annika Nav Navaroli, Navaroli said, and remember that name, because she is about to perjure herself in a great, or a very, very in, uh, transparent fashion. Um, I'll respond in the elections channel and say that the team has found no violations uh, for the Donald J. Trump tweet. You see her saying, I'm, no, I'm not seeing any clear or coded incitement here. She also does that as an FYI, safety has also assessed the tweet and determined that there's no violation. What's interesting is later, this same employee would then testify in the House uh, J6 committee saying, quote, for months, I had been begging and anticipating and attempting to raise the reality that if nothing, we made no intervention into what we saw occurring. People were made, people were going to die. She said this on the stand even though her personal Slack messages show her saying, eh, there's nothing here. There's no incitement here. So she perjured herself there. Next, Twitter safety team decides that Trump's 7.44 a.m. tweet is also not a violation. They are unequivocal. It is a clear no violation. It just says he's not attending inauguration. People were begging him to be suspended for even something as innocuous as that. Then Barry Weiss points out, five different world leaders who had literally tweeted out calls to bad behavior, saying some heinous things, starting with Iran's Ayatollah. Um, and you have this other person, Mathenir Mohammed, uh, Malaysian prime minister. Was the, It was the right for Muslims to end French people. All sorts of stuff like that. Mohamedou Buhari, the president of Nigeria, also incited... None of these people were banned. Ethiopian prime minister also had a tweet get deleted, but they were not banned. So I think the important takeaway here is in if five separate examples, like Trump should just hand this to the judge, right? Five separate examples of incitement by other world leaders that did not lead to a subsequent ban on Twitter. Even in February 2021, prime minister Narendra Modi's government threatened to arrest Twitter employees in India and to incarcerate them for up to seven years 
after they restored hundreds of accounts that had been critical of him. This is a leader saying, hey, you restored accounts of people that criticized me. Now they're going to go to jail. They did not ban even him for that. Again, so, you know, five different examples of outright calls for, for bad behavior or like literal threats. None of these people were banned. Only a few of the tweets were even deleted. But Twitter executives did ban Trump, even though key staffers said that Trump had not incited, not even in a coded way. Now here's where we get to uh, <laughs> Vijaya Gadi. If you read the language here, it is absolutely slime-filled, all right? In less than 90 minutes after Twitter's employees had determined that Trump's tweets were not in violation of Twitter policy, Vijaya Gadi, head of legal policy and trust, asked whether it could be, in fact, be, quote, coded incitement to further bad behavior. Thanks. The biggest question here is whether a tweet like this, this one this morning from Trump, which isn't a rule violation on its face, is being used as coded incitement. What she's literally saying here is, yeah, it's not a violation. He's not calling for any bad behavior. But could we just say he is? She's begging, like example, use of the term American patriots, and they will not be disrespected or treated unfairly. What? He's literally talking to people that voted for, he's calling the people that voted for him patriots. He's not telling them to go out and do anything bad. Then a few minutes later, Twitter employees on the scaled enforcement team suggested that Trump's tweet may have violated Twitter's glorification of bad behavior policy. If you interpreted the phrase as American patriots to be the few people that misbehaved at J6. Again, not what he was talking about because he clearly said 75 million. But they are just outright lying to find any way to ban Trump. Then we get the actual thing. Members of the team came to view him as a leader of a Terry group responsible for bad behavior. Um, called him the that idiot that did the stuff in the church or the bad guy from WW2. Like literal comparisons inside of Twitter. That's how they viewed him. 30 minutes later, I mean, this it seems like Trump literally held Twitter by the short and curlies all day, every day, every time he did it. It seemed like there were meeting after meeting and hundreds of people inside of Twitter. Like, can we ban him yet? Can we ban him yet? Can we ban him yet? Two hours later, Twitter executives host a 30-minute all-staff meeting where Dorsey and Vijaya Gotti answer questions on why Trump isn't banned, but some they make the employees angrier. Multiple Twitter employees have quoted the banality of evil, suggesting that people implementing our policies are like the bad guys from WW2's following orders, relays Yoel Roth to a colleague. Dorsey requested simpler language to explain Trump's suspension. Roth wrote, God help us if this makes me think he wants to share it publicly. So he's asking employees inside of Twitter to, ver to, to defend their banning of a sitting president to which that makes Yoel Roth very, very scared. One hour later, Twitter announces Trump's permanent suspension due to risk of further incitement. Twitter obviously celebrates. Team DJT suspended. OMG, OMG. Uh, this feels like history. This is all. There's. This is the most important these people thing ever did. The most important thing these people ever did. 
I guarantee you when they're at the at the soy latte house, um, I, 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 like eating their vegan cricket crackers, they they live this they relive this day hundreds of times. They're like Al Bundy poke high school poke, poke high school rules four touchdowns in one game. They're like, did I ever tell you about the time that I saved the planet? Congratulatory big props to whoever in trust and safety is sitting there whack a mole these Trump accounts. By the next day, employees expressed eagerness to now immediately go to coof misinformation. I wonder if this was written by Fauci's daughter. And so, again, even Prague Argawal at one point says, um, I, think, I think a few of us should hold a brainstorm. The ripple effects of Trump's ban, Argawal added, quote, centralized content moderation, in my opinion, has reached a breaking point now. I mean, yeah, when you're having 100 employees not doing their job, this is why nothing ever got done on Twitter. They all just sat around and were like, ooh, did Trump tweet? Certainly, I think there, there's actions here for Trump against Vijaya Gotti, against Yoel Roth, um, because they seem to be acting under the guise of a corporation, but just handling their own personal beast. Does this mean that we take a look at how Section 230 is? I think I think so. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously these are actions that happen against Trump directly. Uh, is there a class action lawsuit coming? Because these are some pretty, pretty spicy receipts. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say in the comment section down below. I think no matter what, this means that kind of public trust has been awoken. Uh, public, public consciousness has been awoken. A lot of answers have been shared. A lot of um, gaslighting has been undone. And next up today, Elon Musk has revealed Yoel Roth has a very dark past. Media scrambles to delete and cover. Just got off live streaming the latest Twitter files data release. And now we're going to talk about uh, Elon versus former head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth. Uh, absolute uh, bombshells uh, releasing after Elon takes aim at him. We know that Elon definitely is not a huge fan of the uh, the lovers of the young, uh, just like most of us are not. And uh, interestingly enough, um, some past history has come up. And, uh, well, I guess you're just going to have to interpret for yourself. Certainly, Yul Roth is probably sitting somewhere right now thinking about needing a change of undergarments because... Some of this stuff, including a secret old alt account that came to light, all this kind of stuff, um, insane. So let's talk about a little bit about what's going on here with uh, the Elon Musk smears former head of trust and safety. The intelligencer, intelligencer, shortly after taking Twitter self-proclaimed chief tweet, Elon Musk tried to reassure anxious advertisers that the social media platform obviously cannot become a free-for-all hexscape where anything can be said with no consequence. On Saturday, Musk falsely implied in tweets that Twitter's former head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, who happens to be gay, has advocated for, uh, for spicification of kids. Now, we're going to look into that. Musk participated in the spaces Friday night about uh, safety for the young ones, and responded to one of the participants on Saturday after she linked an old tweet of Roth's. Quote, looks like Yola is arguing in favor of uh, young ones being able to access 
uh, adult internet services in a PhD thesis, tweeted Musk. In an excerpt from a 300-page dissertation, the title of Roth's 2016 dissertation at the University of Pennsylvania is about Grindr and social networking services popular in the LGBTQ community. Far-right extreme voices have long pushed this false narrative um, that there are predators going after you. I mean, it's not false. It's absolutely a true thing. And let me just say, don't you think it's a little interesting that the college has now removed that article by Yul Roth? Isn't that interesting? It's also, I think, Yul Roth, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which I also find incredibly suspect, he knows he has made himself a public enemy and he's trying to hide instead of owning up to his mistakes. You could see this. Yoel Roth submitted his dissertation in 2016. Early today, it was freely available to be downloaded. At the time of this tweet, it has been withdrawn. What happened? Of course, you can find it. The internet's forever. Abstract of the paper, read at your own risk. Now, there is some interesting nuggets of information in this. Um, you have Yoel Roth's old tweet here. I enjoy having the kinds of meetings where Googling, uh, I can't even say this, uh, is considered academic work. Okay. How about this? Former head of trust and safety at Twitter. This guy is the one who's supposed to remove content that uh, targets the young ones, but instead schemed how to censor and silence conservatives. Twitter will live, a quote, Yoel Roth tweets, Twitter will live to prawn another day. Thing I just yelled loudly at work. His old tweets obviously not going over well. This tweet with 80 likes and now, you know, hundreds of responses. If you yelled that at my offices, I would have fired you. <laughs> okay, Coomer. Um, uh, yeah, okay, interesting. How about this? The more we learn about Yoel Roth, a lot of this uh, being brought to light by uh, Twitter account, libs of TikTok. The more we learn about Yoel Roth, the more I understand why he so despised my account. So why he despised my account so much and wanted to personally be the one to suspend my account all those times. Another tweet. That awkward moment when you can't tell whether your neighbor has a really loud infant or they're just watching really loud, spicy videos. If you like that one, here's another classic that goes a little something like this. Yoel Roth, quote, you don't need a service manual for putting your D in your mouth. Like these tweets are still... These, these tweets still exist. These tweets still exist, are live on the internet. And I'm going to share them. I can't believe he hasn't scrubbed this. How about this? Great thread of old Yoel Roth tweets. Well, now we know why we aren't allowed to say the word groomer without getting banned or suspended. Here's Yoel. Can high school students ever meaningfully consent to hooking up with their teachers? Question mark. Okay. Were you on XY or whatever or another teen targeted LGBTQ social networking site? I'd love to chat with you for a project I'm working on. Now, I assume this is for his thesis. 
So the former head of trust and safety at Twitter had a secret dirty Twitter account. Oopsies. Grad student I'm staying with. Quote, you're not that innocent. I know about your secret dirty Twitter account. Guilty as charged. At Otter Terrific. Otterific. Uh, what? What? How about some of this? A member of my cohort at Penn has proposed co-founding a blog called Hackers and Prawn. Needless to say, I'd be writing about the prawn side. Some days I really do love what I do at work. Namely, looking up what scholarly work, if anything, has been published about hookup advice. I've been enjoying kinds of meetings where I'm Googling. I'm not saying that again. I think I found my calling. And it's writing dialogue for chef-themed prawn. Doing research on Craigslist hookup discussion boards begs the question, main browser or prawn browser? I mean, he's uh, 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 like obsessed with it. He got an ego boost from high schoolers hitting on him when he was 22. Getting hit on by high school girls at, Genius, at the Genius Bar and other reminders that I've still got it. Gross. The TLDR of my last tweet. Thanks, testosterone, for making me totally unmarketable once I no longer look young and virile. What? Some more proof of former Twitter heads, trust and safety, secret dirty Twitter account. My secret dirty account now at least 60% dirtier, thanks to its new picture. Even on my secret other account, Twitter suggests that I follow American Express. They know me too well. Interesting. If this isn't disturbing, I don't know what is. The quote tweet, many old ones show up like this, shows that Twitter's former head of trust and safety tweeted from his secret dirtier account that muscle bears holding a child are inexplicably hotter. What? No wonder Twitter wasn't... By the way, this is all for leftism for you. Should probably follow them. No wonder that Twitter wasn't doing much to protect kids on the platform when their former head of trust and safety thought it, uh, that bearded, hairy, muscular men were hotter when they held children. I mean, I, you don't have everything that pops in your head. You don't really have to put out on the internet. I think that you know people have weird thoughts that pop in their head, uh, but Yoel Roth seemed fine. Paul Joseph Watson tweeting: Why would loud crying infants remind you of spicy videos? I don't know. I, I, I suspect they watch some sort of weird videos. I don't know. And of course, like we see in today's Twitter leaks, right? Or Twitter drop that Yoel Roth played an integral part in banning sitting president Donald Trump. Uh, so that even though he admitted that he had not broken any policy, he still decided to ban him anyway. Vijaya Gadi still decided to ban him anyway. And next up today, Elon Musk just torched Anthony Fauci as Twitter Covidians erupt in rage. Well, it looks like uh, Elon Musk woke up and, and chose uh, <laughs> anger and chose to uh, not have any Fs left to give as he's gone directly after Dr. Anthony Fauci with some very specific claims, some very specific gripes Ones that a lot of us share. Ones that a lot of us question exactly why this guy is so loved. Uh, 
I tend to try and look for the good in people. I tend to try and look for, you know, and not ascribe malice where, um, you know, incompetence could be best described as, you know, the answer for something. But ultimately, um, I've learned to really question whether or not Anthony Fauci was really doing the best thing. That's just my opinion, obviously. I'm not a doctor or scientist or, you know, any of these things. I'm just kind of your everyday regular, you know, person. And, you know, seeing the way that, for, for example, like the endless lockdowns, things of that nature um, affected just our youth. You know, like right now I see kids outside, you know, playing outside or whatever, 20 feet away from each other, still wearing masks. I wonder, you know, is that, was that, you know, was that, was that something, you know, that we wanted? Is that, is that really, you know, what we want? Um, and he, so he, he basically went right after their Lord and Savior, uh, Dr. Fauci, tweeting out the branch Covidians are upset uh, because he, you know, in my opinion, fairly said, you see this Richie Torres guy said, Elon wants to criminalize Anthony Fauci because he disagrees with them. Elon is no champion of free speech. By the way, if you enjoy this video, I'm trying to catch Tim Pool. So if you haven't yet subscribed, we could we could catch him today if you're watching this video and you click that red subscribe button down below. Uh, because he had my pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. Uh, to which Viva Frey quote tweets that and says, pretty sure Elon wants to criminalize Fauci because he lied under oath, engaged in potential gain of function stuff, jeopardized the entire planet, and arguably contributed to the non-survival of hundreds of thousands of people. But nice straw man. To which Elon Musk replies, correct. He had, he had several kind of bombshells to throw it at. And by the way, as on a personal note, if you think that guy is a good guy, uh, all I'm going to show you is this picture. These are beagles who are uh, having, having their face eaten off by sandflies right now um, as a part of his research, his company's research. Now, some have said he wasn't directly involved or whatever the case may be, but um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care about this man. Um, those dogs also had their vocal cords removed uh, so that the researchers didn't have to hear them uh, cry out. So yeah, I don't like Anthony Fauci. I don't like really any part of the what he's a part of. I don't like... You know, this man is not a good man, in my opinion. Uh, this man isn't trying to just do what's best for society. You know, a, a man who's what's trying to do best for society doesn't sell prayer candles with his face on it or bobbleheads or uh, doesn't merchandise his fame. A man who's just trying to do good for society um, doesn't worry first about profiting from it, and writing books and all this kind of stuff. The Hill writes, Musk calls to prosecute Fauci drawing swift backlash. Lawmakers and other officials jumped to Fauci's defense. Shocking. I'm a big fan of Dr. Fauci and how he calmly guided our country through crisis. Did he? He was flying by the seat of his pants. He didn't know what he was doing. Lockdown. Don't lock down. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear two masks. Not enough. Wear three masks. Buy an N95. Don't buy an N95. Buy this mask. Buy the what part of that was him calmly guiding? Like throwing a dart at the dartboard and then saying, telling, you know, hundreds of millions of Americans that that's what they have to do. 
that wasn't, I mean, he may have been calm doing it, but he didn't guide anything. We basically just brute forced our way through it. Eventually, people just stopped caring about it. People who got the poke got it. People that didn't, didn't, and life went on. None of that had to do with Fauci leading us. Could you just leave a good man alone in your seemingly endless quest for attention? Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar. Don't really care. She seems like a loser to me. Representative Dean Phillips says, It's America. You can select any pronouns you dang well please, but Anthony Fauci has saved more human lives than any living person in the world. What? That's just inc that's verifiably incorrect. That I it seems like the people that actually developed um you know pokes for deadly diseases like of smallpox or uh what about you know the polio vaccine or um you know, things of this nature uh <laughs> you know what? How do you even quantify that? He's a national hero who will be remembered for generations to come. No, he won't. No one will ever remember that guy's name in five years. Mark my words. Now, I guess, like, you know, I think part of what he does is he, he does like to stir the pot. But then you get, look at this, uh, this article that just came out. Elon Musk is a far-right activist. Really? Based on what? A single tweet. And what is that tweet? My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. He lied under oath, didn't he? Pretty sure he lied under oath. So then the Atlantic literally calls him far-right for this. In five words... Musk manages to mock transgender and non-binary people. Oh, not a joke. Signal his disdain for public health officials. No, just one. And send a flare-up to the far-right S-posters and trolls. This tweet is a cruel and senseless play on pronouns that also invokes the right's fury towards Anthony Fauci. Uh, by the way, this tweet got 1.1 million likes, which is quite a few. Okay, And also... You know, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of small businesses that had their businesses destroyed that don't care for him. Um, I'm sure that there are uh, lots of people uh, in the planet who, you know, had to sit outside the funeral home uh, and weren't allowed to mourn their family's passings, whose elderly family members had to pass away alone because they weren't allowed to be in the room with them. Uh, this, this is him, okay? None of that has to do with anything who is far right. My family members aren't conservative, and I'm pretty sure uh, none of them liked sitting out in their cars and having to like zoom in to a funeral, all right, or go to drive through church services or to not be able to. One of my best friends was battling cancer for the la over the Christmas and over Christmas, and nobody could go see him, and he, uh, because the because of the person that went in with him or whatever that checked him in, they were like the only person that was ever allowed to go in there. For months, he sat alone in, in the hospital, having major surgeries, not knowing if he's going to survive it, but the hospital wouldn't let anyone see him. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, if he passed away, you'd have about 500 people pretty dang pissed off about that, right? So I don't think any of that has anything to do with far right. 
I think that I used to think that Fauci was this guy that was just trying to do his best and, and navigate in a time when we didn't have all the information. And maybe that's still true. I sure hope it is because the alternative is, is actually like super sad. You know, it's super sad. I, I don't think that I really hope. Remember when you blatantly lied about the laptop? A lot of these people, yeah. John Brennan, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sick to me that people worship that man. He, he, and you know, look, by the way, it's not good to be worshiping Elon either. And he's made plenty of mistakes worth calling out. Okay. But uh, I think uh, Anthony Fauci is not above, above criticism. I think that there are things that there are questions to be answered. There are things that he did uh, perhaps that maybe do deserve some pr level of prosecution. I'm not a lawyer, but uh, certainly Elon Musk is allowed to feel that way. And it's funny when you see like Elon doesn't have any institutional power. So him saying that does not mean that he's going to get charged or doesn't mean that, you know, any of that kind of stuff. He's just saying he, uh, you know, he has this opinion. Um, and I think that now that the dust is settled, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered about the decisions that he made, um, the information that he had when he locked down friends, families across this country. Um, I mean, we still have mask mandates. Are we, I, I'm not even, what is the current, what is the current science on that? I, I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane. Next up today, Sam Bankman-Fried just got arrested. Notorious crypto scammer SBF headed to prison. Uh, a happy-ish ending to the uh, crypto scammer, Democrat pocket liner, Sam Bankman-Fried finally has been arrested in the Bahamas and the United States is now expected to request extradition. Here's where things are going to get awfully, awfully suspicious or spicy, I should say. Once he's in the United States custody, uh, I would expect a 24-7, 10 different angle live stream showing proof of life at all times. Uh, no TP in the cell, uh, no outage, camera outages uh, that just so happen to happen. Um, you know, I want to get right out here, be the first one to say it. You know, Sam Bankman-Fried did not end himself. Okay, I'm going to just get it out there right now. Given the amount of money he has donated to very powerful people, what's going to happen now is there's going to be a real opportunity for uh, perhaps some spicy questioning, like, hey, any, uh, you know, donations that you made? It was actually embarrassing for the United States, for, you know, for our Justice Department, for our Congress, our Senate, our president, that this clown was on, like just out chilling in the Bahamas for weeks. Now, this is from the Office of the Attorney General. On December 12, 2022, the Office of Attorney General for the Bahamas is announcing the arrest by the Royal Bahamas Police Force of Sam Bankman-Fried, parentheses SBF, former CEO of FTX. SBF's arrest follows receipt of a formal notification from the United States that, he, that it has filed criminal charges against SBF and is likely to request his extradition. I'm sure the Bahamas want to get him off their island as quick as possible. As a result of the notification received 
and the material provided therewith, it was deemed appropriate for the Attorney General to seek his arrest and hold him in custody pursuant to our nation's Extradition Act. At such a time of a formal request for extradition being made, the Bahamas intends to process it promptly. I knew that was coming. Pursuant to Bahaman law and its treaty obligations with the United States. Responding to SPF's arrest, Prime Minister Davis, Prime Minister Davis said, The Bahamas and the United States have a shared interest in holding accountable all individuals associated with FTX who may have betrayed the public trust and broken the law. May. While the United States is pursuing criminal charges against SPF individually, the Bahamas will continue its own regulatory and criminal investigation into the collapse of FTX and with the continued cooperation of its law enforcement and regulatory partners in the United States and elsewhere. I mean, this is like, hey, look, they have the yellow check marks. Sam Bankman freed to skip testifying in person before Congress because he's quite overbooked. That was a story today. Today. This guy's like, ah, ooh, ah, geez, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Congress. I've got stuff going on. I got stuff and things. All the billions of dollars that were uh, that evaporated. Uh, I, I don't know. I've got like a chiropractor appointment and then I've got my like acupuncture and then I'm getting my Segway souped up with a custom paint job. I just can't make it. I mean, the way that our government is like was letting this clown embarrass them uh, is, I guess, par for the course. Like. I understand that it takes some time to build a case, but like, bro, the crypto YouTubers and the crypto Reddits and 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 Twitter people had it all put together like the same day. Okay, these pe people like Coffeezilla break it down in great depth almost immediately when things go down. That's just like basically like a cheat sheet. Couldn't make it to court, Your Honor. Got got a book tour to attend. Plus, I paid for your reelection. I mean, I, I guess it's like <laughs> the U.S. Department of Defense, 2.2 trillion missing. Government hold. FTX, 10 billion missing. Hold. Ukraine, 20 billion missing. Hold. Venmo, $601 transaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, this guy, it's so funny how, like, most of the world, including myself, had no idea who he was. Before this, none. Just another three letter crypto exchange or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, and I'm no like crypto expert, okay? And I, I do understand like some people look at it and like, ah, it's all scam. I obviously, I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that it's a, a way that people react when it's so much new information, they can't process it. But what I can say is, that the crypto space is full of scams, is full of rug pulls, is full of all sorts of things. You know, the market's unregulated and, you know, people make bad decisions. I saw a meme, I don't know who did it, but it was like, if only there were more government regulation, it would have stopped me from making this bad decision. Of course, it's a meme, right? Like people make bad decisions. They try to get rich. A lot of, you know, people that, you know, try to get rich or, you know, it's like they never learn that this thing uh, you know, might be too good to be true. 
And you know what's what I'm most interested in the story? I want to say what I'm most interested in the story. And then, you know, by tomorrow, probably our first video day tomorrow, we'll break down the arrests and everything we know. I want to see how far his money goes. I want to know under oath who, which politicians got how much money. And I want the crypto community. I'll even donate to this. Okay. I want, I want billboards all across this country with politicians' names and how much money they took from SBF. Allegedly, he also gave money to Republicans. I want to know. I want to know who was on the take from this guy, whether it was dark money, as he says, or real upfront transactions. I want to know. The American people deserve to know. Because it seems like only through a sustained, prolonged demand effort or you know whatever that is, finally somebody did something. And by the way, never mind all of the retail customers that got screwed out of billions of dollars, right? By the way, I don't think that money ever really, quote unquote, disappeared. It's, that's the thing. Like Sam Bankman-Fried has, has money somewhere, hundreds of millions of dollars hidden somewhere. I'm certain of that, okay? I want to know which politicians took money from him, and I want them recused from having a single dang thing to say about this. And I want to know if they've said anything about it up until this point. I mean, this like troll doll guy uh, bought off politicians. He bought off mainstream press. Like, that's why this is like, for me, I don't understand crypto. So I don't really like, I can't talk. There are smarter channels who will talk about crypto or I see you guys in the description talk about it. What I'm interested in is all these scum bag, bag, scum bag, bag, uh, journalism companies, Vox, uh, Variety, New York Post. I want to know how many of these people had got money from SBF. Now, New York Post has, has been reporting negatively on him or like truthfully. But the, the fact that the New York Times, he was scheduled to do a freaking um, panel to talk about stuff. In the height of the in height of the controversy, he was still getting speaking engagements, and 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 mainstream press was doing you know fluffer jobs for him. Oh well, yeah, he's just so good. He donates money. He he planted a few trees. Um, you know, and by the way, this other girl, the one that looks like a mole or whatever, like, where is she? Right, like. Where is she? Because like, she's just like, I want an arrest warrant issued there too. Like that, that's, there's, there's no way that this rot doesn't go deep. And I don't want this story pushed on the rug. I'll do what I can to report on my part. There's obviously a lot of really intelligent crypto YouTubers who will be able to report on the, on the crypto side of things. For me, I'm mostly interested in who got paid off how much money they were paid off and if they ran press or ran interference for him or were there lawmakers or politicians who ran interference for him because this goes deep my friends and I will cover every inch of it except the crypto part which everyone else will cover if you're new to the channel please do click that red subscribe button down below I hope you enjoyed this video we'll do an update on this probably tomorrow and uh, we better get some justice if he makes the trial. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying maybe there's like an Italian delivery driver driver showing up. Hill and Tony, Clintani or something like that with a little package. I don't know. 
If that's a joke, Susan Wojcicki, it's a joke. And last up today, a fellow YouTuber's dying wish. There's a YouTuber who's had uh, two heart transplants and is in palliative care, which I had to look up because, well, I'm not that smart. Um, apparently, it's specialized medical care for people living with serious illness, um, and it focuses on providing relief from symptoms and stress of the illness. The goal is to improve quality of life, both for the patient and family. You know, it's a specially trained group of doctors and nurses who specialize and work together with the patient, patient's other, other doctor, um, you know, uh, for somebody who's obviously, you know, I have two heart transplants. It's kind of a big deal. Um, so Legal Bite tweets his time on earth is running out and he has one wish, a hundred thousand subscribers and a silver play button. Seems like really easy for us to do this, right? Uh, we do, we do good things all the time. And, you know, I think, you know, I bring up the channel and we got Captain Jack Sparrow in full costume giving him a, giving him a shout out. Right. Then, so, Captain Corey, Terrence, well, I missed out on this. Meant to say it, forgot to say it, didn't say it. Gonna say it now. Saying it. I'll say it. Captain Corey from Crack in the Box. They speak about in the ages I think, of now called the... I think Johnny's YouTube. got a little... He's got a little, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he's, he's enjoying himself with I that. I understand, but why not? And I understand that you're quite the YouTube channel man, or you shall be. And uh, so that anyway, YouTubeness. Johnny Dapp pitched in, so I figured I could pitch in. I'm going to subscribe. He's at 34,000 subscribers, and he's gained them all today. If I want, if I show you the video here three days ago. Do what you want, I might look a bit like Drop Dead Fred at the moment in my pajamas. <laughs> But thank you so much to everybody. Thank you. Who has subscribed to Corey's channel, which is absolutely fantastic. We're hoping we're going to have some pretty special videos coming up. Oh, he's been an absolute trooper and sadly is in palliative care at the moment, which means that we don't have to spend a lot of time in hospital. You're right, Ostara? Yeah. Do you want to come and say hi? Yeah. Come on then. This is Ostara's coming in now. She's going to come and just slumming it, really. Yeah. which is really good um so yeah we're just kind of focusing on making life as good as we possibly can having as much fun as we can when we can um we have a lot of people supporting us a lot of people follow the transplant pages which is fantastic the local locals are great aren't they yeah so we did the christmas light switch on which was Corey's first official video that went up um we are two heart transplants hoping to get johnny depp on video very soon aren't we so we need 100,000 people, which seems impossible. Little guy, his bucket list dream, which is to own an official <coughs> YouTube plaque. <coughs> and maybe some... Oh, kid's kind of sick in the background. Trying to go for the big one. So we understand that we need 100,000 subscribers. This would be easy. To get this little guy, his bucket list dream, which is to own an official <coughs> YouTube plaque. <coughs> 
and maybe some <coughs> cough medicine. Maybe some cough medicine for his sister. <laughs> I think we can do this, right? I'm going to leave a link to the channel in the description or pinned comment. I've subscribed. Every, if everyone that watches this video joins it, he'll just hit it today. And I, we can just, we can all pat ourselves on the back. I feel like we've done a good deed for Christmas. Seems like a good, wholesome kid. Um, you know, I get that kids, you know, want to. Um, I think Christmas is fun in the kitchen. Oh, the pokes are really good, yeah. But the strings on the outside. You know, all these kids just want to go do and be, you know, YouTubers these days. So let's, let's just do it. I'm going to leave the channel linked in the comment section down below. Go subscribe, su submit a kind word. It'll make you feel good. That's what I'm here. Make, I'm here to make you feel good. Let's help them out. Get their Christmas miracle. Help get this bucket list item off for them. Hopefully they can uh, make a bunch of videos with a huge new audience too. Uh, so that's all. Go subscribe for Christmas cheer. Let's get them to 100K. We can do it tonight.